everybody. I'm Marianne Katsidis, and this is the Heart-Led Changemaker podcast. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone where it felt so juicy and inspired that it left you feeling energized and ready to take on the world? There have been countless times I wished I could have recorded conversations like that because it felt criminal that no one else got to hear or experience that feeling. Those conversations ignite something inside of you because you visualize a new way to connect with others and sometimes even a new world. This show will provide you with ways to stay focused on the future, some food for thought, new ideas and concepts, a way to create abundance ethically, a showcase of those already doing the work and succeeding, and a sense of connection. Being a change maker can be very lonely, so this will serve as a community for heart-led warriors. Sit back and let this high-vibe, heartfelt conversation light you up. With a life full of research, knowledge and experience in everything ranging from disc behaviour to holistic health, Benita Capuano has mentored, coached and facilitated large groups and individuals, both adults and children, giving them the information and tools to transform their lives, to reconnect with their true gifts. Now her focus is on children and how we need to make a better world for them. Miss Benita, welcome. I know this is going to be a fantastic chat today and I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Oh, thanks, Mary. I'm excited to talk to you. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. So let's start with what the hell is going on with the current schooling system? I have recently heard so many terrifying stories lately, and I'd really like to know from you and your perspective, why is the schooling system so out of date? Isn't that a great question? Why is it out of date? Which blows my mind even more. Why haven't we asked this question before or why aren't more people asking this question? Like how often do they bring out an iPhone? So often. Like six months, a year. I don't know. I'm Android, so I can't keep up. But we, you know, with technology, we're always, you know, wanting new technology. We line up for these phones, pay so much money for phones and stay ahead in fashion and things like that. So the fact that we haven't looked at a huge part of society and questioned it and not evolved it just blows my mind. But I guess answering your question, why is it out of date, is because it works. The The system works for the intention it was set up for. It worked really well. And just go as far as to say, I think it works more than they thought it was going to work, better than it thought they were going to work because they haven't even had to tamper with it much for hundreds of years. I think they're going, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so the system's not broken. It works really well for the intention it was set up for. So why would you fix it? I mean, at Christmas time, no, it was Easter time, sorry. I I was uh, enjoying, you know, time with my family and my cousin mentioned that uh, at his kid's school there's a child who's identifying as a cat And not only does the child respond with a meow to questions, there's a human-sized kitty litter in the bathroom. I mean, I don't know about you, you know, we're both European, but when I was a kid, if I didn't have a smile on my face, I would, 
you know, I'd get crucified, let alone trying to say that I'm a cat now. Imagine, like, imagine back then thinking that, like, you, you know, you, to try that on. And now when you look, that that's that not only are, are parents accepting that for their child, which is uh, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, child abuse, but the school from fear and also, you know, other agendas, as we know, it's perpetuating this, you know, ridiculous behaviour. I mean, you and I have both got corporate backgrounds. Um, I'm still working with the corporates. But imagine being around a board table, like fast forward for that kid 15 years, 20 years, imagine them being around a board table and you've got someone there answering with a meow, a freaking meow. Well, again, that's how well the system works because it's, you know, these parents have been through the system to do what they're told and to, um, you, know, you know, two of the main reasons the school system exists is to create employees and consumers. And part of that is the brainwashing and the indoctrination into whatever marketing ploy is out there. And the marketing ploy out there, there at the moment is to accept whatever's going. So we've yeah. got to accept whatever the, the latest uh, ideology is at that moment. And because we've been trained not to ask questions and to just go with it and accept and that's the way to be accepted into society. Again, the system works freaking amazing. Like how good is it that you can get a system to incorporate a person saying that they're a cat? The parents go with it, the teachers go with it, the school even caters for it. Like system is working brilliantly to do a lot of, you know, not great stuff for us. Definitely. So for those who might still be trying to understand how we got here, can you recommend a starting point so they're able to do their own deep dive and research? So when I say that the system works really well, it, it was set up with the intention, it was not for kids and it was never for kids, it's to, to push agendas and to have us all in being employees and dependent on paychecks and just mass consuming those people, and I'll say that, you know, I'll say the names that most people know, which is like the Rockefellers and JP Morgan and Mark, Michael Carnegie um, were part of the um, first education board. Mind you, it's a lot higher than that, but we'll just stick with what most people know. <laughs> uh, and it started with them. So they um, had their, you know, the reasons of why they, the intentions of setting up school. I can't. And I guess I can't remember how I really came across information, but one of the first people that really just blew my mind away was um, John Taylor Gatto. And he he won an award for best school teacher in New York for 30 years. He was a school teacher for 30 years and he won the best teacher in New York City. And at the, the speech, he gave this amazing speech. And one of the things that he talks about is how the seven lesson school teacher and these seven lessons that every teacher teaches their kid. And you have to read the seven lesson school teacher by John Taylor Gatto. Cause that just, I can read that every day, all day. It just blows your mind of what teacher is really teaching kids. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how frightening it is to be a parent right now in a lot of ways I, I actually believe that they do want to create change for their children, but they don't really know how to. And with um, interest rates 
you know, going through the Razoo. I mean, we had another increase yesterday. It's been designed so that they don't have a choice, right? They don't have a choice to make these changes for their children. And so how can parents start to make some of those changes now? That's a really good question. And it's a hard one. And so I don't think it's like simple, easy, depending on where your child's at within the system. If your kids are already in the system and you don't intend to taking them out, I guess the best thing you can do is speaking up. Like if you're a teacher, say, with you know, in your cousin's school where there is a person who's identifying as a cat. I don't even like that I'm saying that, identifying <laughs> as a cat, because I feel like I'm buying into the like the jargon, proppy words too. Like, <laughs> you know, see, that's the programming. It's undoing the programming. So I guess firstly, if you're a parent, is try and deprogram, do your bit to do your inner work and figure out, where have you been brainwashed and indoctrinated into a system that is telling you how you should think, feel and act versus intuitively who you are? And then once you work that out, that's fine. Um, go and have a chat to your school. I have a really good, um, on my podcast, I have a chat with Rose that's called Parents um, Have the Final Say Over Their Kids, Not the School. And she gives some great advice about what she's done for her kids who are in high school. The recommendation i guess for parents that have got babies now that are just having their kids really prepare to not send them they just they just can't go and that's why I'm creating what I'm creating because apart from the fact that the kids that are coming in now are completely different they're not going to put up with the same shit that we did and sit there and like be told what to do and these kids now that are coming in are you know got way more of their consciousness in there they remember more they're not going to be hoodwinked hoodwinked never use that word but hoodwinked into um, being told, you know, how they have to think and feel and act. So apart from your kid that's a baby now won't go and won't put up with it, yeah, yeah, we've got to create something new. That's why I'm passionate about what I'm doing is to create something new in time for these babies that are born now so that that they've got a, a different future than the schooling system. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you've got some additional resources on your website. How do those tools help parents and families? Well, I'm in the midst of putting all that together, Marianne. Um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm putting together a video series called Radical Responsible Parents and giving tool, which gives uh, parents tools to be, you know, give them the courage to be radically responsible because it is stepping outside the norm and speaking to parents that are already doing that, being radically responsible for their their, um, their kids. So there will be that resource coming up soon. And then um, eventually I've got some lessons that I've created that bring the creativity and the curiosity and the connection back to families. So- yes. And it is about being curious, isn't it? You, you, you're encouraging parents to be curious about why is the schooling system the way that it is? Why are kids being taught the way that they're being taught? Why are they having to sit in a classroom for eight hours a day learning things that don't light them up, that they're never going to use? I mean, I'm still waiting for the time that I'm going to be using geometry and some other things that, you know, I mean, your dad, the irony of it all, like your dad was one of my teachers, you know, like uh, that poor man, you know, he was trying to teach me maths and I just wasn't having a bar of it. I was a creative even back then. And, you know, kids who are, are, are trying in subjects and not doing well, even that ignites uh, programs of failure and you feel like you're not good enough, you can't compete with the other kids who that comes naturally to. And so uh, I can I can appreciate and understand that um, having 
some curiosity about why the system exists the way that it does and what what might need to change, even just being a little bit open to what may need to change as a first step, I think would be good for parents. Yeah, and this conversation, which I've been having for the last couple of years, and I guess even longer, maybe over a decade about different industries, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, all the industries is there seems to be generally two camps of thought of like, do you get get in there when you make change from the inside and you do your bit or do you burn it all to the floor and create something new? I see in the second camp, I just like burn it all and create something new. <laughs> That's just me. I, you know, the research has shown that well, my investigation has shown it goes so high up. Like this school system is not just in your state, even in your country. It is the Western world, especially is under the same, same stewardship of, you know, the same people look after everything. So how do we, how does a teacher in a school infiltrate that how does even a principal infiltrate that when you're part of the system having said that though I think it's great that the people that are doing that is fantastic so while we're creating something new the kids do have some great people in the system advocating for them yes you know still and I've got I've got a friend um, who's a teacher in the US and um, she took some time out homes you know was home with her child took her kid out and then has said that she wants to go back for a little bit and just do see what she can do within the system because she's already got all the qualifications and, you know, just have some great people in there, which I think is fantastic too. Absolutely. But- and, and you know, we are noticing parents around the place starting to speak up and put those boundaries in and, and taking greater responsibility for the way that their child is being educated and, and having those uh, somewhat awkward and, and challenging conversations with you know, the principal and the, and the teachers and so forth. I mean, I guess it's necessary, especially if they're going to be making choices where they're allowing um, children to identify as animals, uh, you know, because parents are then having to to then explain, how, how do you explain that to a child, you know? And I, and I keep referring to that because to me, that's the most shocking. That's like in the most extreme example, even though that's at two schools in South Australia. But the... Mm. Um, the 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 parents uh you know there are there are definitely ones being brave out there but then there are the other ones who you know and and you referenced this before they have to do that inner work first as well because they hold a lot of people hold their own learning and their own education and their own you know degrees and phds and all of that to such a high degree and it is such a big part of their identity that if they are acknowledging one part of the education system and it's you know it's wrong and it's it's archaic and it's not working that means also acknowledging that what they've experienced may not be that great either and i fundamentally believe that there are a lot of people who do have degrees and they know that in the grand scheme of things, it hasn't really meant that much other than it being some nice credentials on a business card or, you know, on LinkedIn or whatever it else, wherever else they're using it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's real life experience that makes that that change. And it, it doesn't mean that um, education isn't important. Of course it is. But do you think that that's also another block that people have in facing the truth about what's going on? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I live and breathe that with other family. Like you mentioned my dad, he was a teacher and also a deputy principal 
or a principal, one of them. I've got aunties and uncles that are teachers. Like I'm surrounded by um, the school system, you know, a lot. And also people that think that they're academically smart. And this is the, this is part of the training though. This is part of the indoctrination is that you are smart if you do well at school. If you get A's, if you have a degree, if you have a PhD, I have a degree. I like, I've been through the system. I've lived and breathed it. And we're, we're trained to believe that that is smart. But what that really is, is you are really good at listening to information memorizing it and then regurgitating it back and that's what the system rewards it rewards you memorizing and regurgitating yeah not not asking questions and going how come that is or what is why is how about this is there a different way of looking at things those kids and I was one of them I sat in a corridor you know how many times my desk was in a corridor like I was just asking questions and my teacher would just get so pissed off at me like my desk was in the corridor so yeah it that is your spot on. And uh, Carol Dweck does some good work on that called The Fixed Mindset, which has got a book called Mindset and talks about the fixed and growth mindset. The ones that are having a really hard time of adapting and being fluid and changing with this new earth that we're going to are the ones that are fixed in what they believe is smart or what they believe is right without being open to considering the fact that they could be wrong or being lied to. You know, I think one of the things I am good at is I'm okay with being wrong. Like I've been, I'm wrong. Of course I'm wrong. I, you know, have been wrong for years about the things that I thought were right. I admit I've been lied to. We've all been lied to. I'm like, we've been had. I've been had. And I don't like being had and I don't like being lied to, which kind of puts it, instead of shrinking away from it, I just get fired up about it, which has propelled me to do make something better because I'm like, no, we're not having any more of this. This is crap. You know, when you figure out the truth, it's freaking harsh. It's shit. So, nah. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on the ones that uh, identify which is the inner work, isn't it? That they put their identity into a title, into a business card, into their credentials versus who they are as a, you know, as a light being. As absolutely, a absolutely. Being. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So, what does an ideal world look like in your mind? You know, from 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 a way to educate children, because if 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 our current system is broken and we can see where there are so many components that are just not working. What what will work? What does that look like? Well, just to reiterate there, the system is not broken, Marianne. It works perfectly. <laughs> and that's all we've got to keep remembering. It actually works perfectly. It works so well. Most people don't even know that it's, you know, not serving yeah, us. It's working and for I, the agenda. It's working for the agenda. It's working for the intention it was set up for yeah. to, you know, dictate and navigate us in any way that the the people that control things wanted things to be controlled. So let's remember it's a great system. It works really well. So not just not for us, it works for them. Yes. So how can we create, I want to create, a, you know, a way, not in a system, uh, organic, heart-centred way that is for kids and it's by the kids. So I'm having lots of conversations with children about what they want to learn about, how they want to learn, where they want to learn it, in what environment, doing lots of research into how we can bring that together. Well, how I see it is that the responsibility, which is why I've made radical responsible parents, is the responsibility of the children goes to the parents and the community. 
versus to the schools and the governments and um, like it is now. So the responsibility of the kids goes to the parents and to the communities. Kids are able to learn in a in a way through experience versus sitting at a desk. They learn through experience because that's the best way. That's how we all learn is through experience and being guided by curiosity. How can we sit in a room and all learn the same, you know, six subjects, whatever it is, how many subjects there are in the same way at the same time? It just blows my mind. So, you know, the child dictates when they want to learn, how they want to learn based on their curiosity and their creativity and how they want to connect with it. So it's very much community and family driven. I love that. And, you know, even just the thought, that 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 thought, just visualising it automatically just feels so much easier, doesn't it? But there are obviously, as we know, uh, other, other things that need to change in order for that to be able to happen. And so because because that means that then parents need to be more involved, but when they're trying to keep a roof over their head and pay for food and, and, and their mortgage rates are going up and the food prices are going up, they're trying to keep themselves and their family safe, it feels like a you know an either or choice, right? So they're always going to choose safety first, and uh, hopefully with the work that you're doing, and, and I know that there are other people you know across the world who are doing similar work to you. Um, you're focused specifically in Australia, and we need you definitely. But there's obviously a like a bridge that you're building to move people from this to that because to just jump straight, you know, to that, you know, burn everything down and start again, that's kind of that's a bit challenging to do because in reality, their circumstances don't really allow for that, right? Everything else needs to burn down too, which I'm totally fine with. That bridge that you're creating is is showing families and parents the the steps that they can take to eventually make that happen. Obviously, that's not something that's going to happen overnight, but you you know you're 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 creating a momentum. Yes, yeah, and you're, you're totally right. Because when I have these conversations, parents, their first thing is like, "I can't do that. I've got to work." Yeah, and I I, I get it. The, the world we live in now, right today, for many families doesn't allow that to happen. I guess the way, the way I see myself is there's two bridges going on at the moment. There's the one that's being dismantled, which is, you know, the stuff that's not working. There's so many amazing people out there. I don't know how they're doing that kind of work because they're really bringing to light the truth of what's going on. And that's the dismantling of those bridges. I'm over on the other bridge building. I'm just building a new bridge. Like I'm just starting to build that new bridge. So that when the old one is dismantled, I'll be over here with my sign like, over here, come here. <laughs> Which is why I tell, you know, it, it's really for the parents that are just having their little babies now. Yeah. They will have a new way to do things when the time comes. Um, when their kids are older, we would have, that's my vision of we would have created it by then. Yeah, but it is a process over the next, I don't even want to put a time frame on it because it will happen as quickly as we want it to happen. The more of us that are co-creating this together, it could happen. It could happen tomorrow. Like if, you know, if more people just went, nah, that's it, we could create it tomorrow. So we'll just see when it gets created. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think people are, are just like fear is driving a lot of that inaction and we're seeing that in in all facets of the world in and in all you know industries and and livelihoods and and so forth but with the schooling system in particular I, I think there's fear because parents have got I'm assuming I don't have children but I'm assuming the fear is 
not wanting to to harm their children and 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 um, not prepare them for a life of joy and and success and abundance and you know all of those things and then there is the fear of how how am I going to teach them when I don't know I don't have the tools and then there's an I would assume another fear of how am I going to balance this with everything else because everyone is in complete and total overwhelm I I I speak to lots of different people at lots of different levels and they are stressed. They are stressed to the absolute max. And so something is, the scales are going to have to tip at some point, are they not? Yeah. Well, I'd hope I'd hope so. <laughs> I, I believe it is. And I, I know that we're going to a, a brand new place and everything's going to be fantastic. How that happens and the process that happens, I've got no idea. Those all those things that you just brought up, that all those fear is so real for those people. Are they real as in true? No, they're just real for those people because they've made them real. Because we, you know, we're creators of our own universes, our own realities. And we've for you to believe in that, you've had to buy into the fear. And the fear is the huge part of it, isn't it? And the pushback I get when I have these conversations is I question or challenge their belief systems or their thought processes you know I need to do this to pay a mortgage I need to um I can't teach my child I don't know like all of those things where do they come from because that's part of the conditioning as well isn't it? it's part of the the system has made us believe these things and I speak from experience of like I was, you know, I was one of those people. I was working a job that I didn't enjoy. I had mortgages. I had commitments that I was like, I can't quit my job. And then to get in touch with myself and follow my true intention for being here, I made some drastic changes where I, so I've lived when you do start living from that place. And even though I had a mortgage, I did leave work and I didn't know how it was going to work. And I did a few things and I was like, how is this ever going to work? Because if you put it on paper, it was never going to work, but it has worked. And I still don't, can't explain it other than you just trust in your intuition, you trust in your light body, you trust in more than what we can see and feel at the moment. And things are working out better and I'm more at peace and more joyful than I've ever been. And I've always been pretty joyful, like, but to have this level of peace. So it's those conversations I think for parents is questioning that fear and not buying into it yeah which is which is a challenge and and again it sort of comes back to what we were talking about at the start of our conversation about parents needing to do that inner work first and and get solid in that space in order to stand up and I mean, there there are plenty of things that the majority of this world that they don't want to see, they don't want to look at, they don't want to acknowledge, and the masks are slowly, as we know, falling off, and people are starting to face reality. They're starting to understand the consequences of their actions and so forth, and what you know is being t- told to them as a weight of manipulation and you know agenda pushing. We're seeing that in the news all the time, but. Um, there are people like yourself who are, you know, bold and fierce and, you know, are, are true change makers. You, you're definitely a disruptor. There's no doubt about that. And that's one of the things I adore and love about you is you you are not afraid to look within 
and then also speak the truth out. And that takes a great deal of courage. I don't know many people who are talking truth like that in such a bold way on a topic that is, there's like so many chains and so many, so much depth to the, the complexity of unraveling all of that. And so I'd like to ask you, what what do you love about being a change maker? What do you like about being that kind of disruptor? Okay, wow. Ah, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the inner work is so important, I guess. It, it's not where I'm focused on with where I used to do that. That's why I used to do personal development stuff, workshops and coaching for adults. I can see the resistance there. It's frustrating for me but I get it people just they feel so comfortable where they are so they don't want to push through that but there's so much help out there at the moment so I encourage people to find what resonates with them and to just go and find that help or guidance because you've got the answers everything you've got is within you go and find that to do that work to be able to make the change and to move through this and through the fear because the fear is really what's holding us back as a whole planet is we live low vibrational and we're in fear, which is a great, it's a great tool for controlling us. Let's not give that any time or whatever. It's yeah, it's, it's moving through that. So what I really love is being able to own, you know, and practice what I preach. So own what I'm saying and, and living by that example. You know, I've done leadership for a long time before and my biggest thing is leading by example. And I feel like I've got to show people what it can look like so what I love most is being a creator and co-creating this beautiful new world with others that want to create something too and aren't we all gods and goddesses of our own lives and the more you know I'm no different to anyone else just when you see through that fear you can create whatever you want to create in your life too so I just love being a creator and I hope that other people or everyone sees that they are creators too and they're all gods and goddesses and we just do and fulfill whatever we came here to do. And if everyone did their bit and everyone fulfilled their own missions, we'd be sweet. We'd be living in an amazing place. If everyone was just a little bit brave, we would be in a completely different space, wouldn't we? A completely different space. We'd be in a in a world of love, of truth, transparency, peace, harmony, all that other stuff would go because it doesn't exist anyway at the moment. It only is existing because we are giving it energy yeah, and buying into it. So when we stop buying into it, we can just create something so much better. And that's what I'm passionate about is and excited about is already creating that better and all creating, already creating the life I want to live. I'm living it now. I'm not going to wait. Absolutely. And that's my philosophy too. I think you need to create the world that you want and you need to take brave steps. Even little baby ones is good. Any steps forward uh, to, to, to create that life. It's not, it's not just going to magically happen. Someone else isn't going to uh, create that change on your behalf. Some, some will definitely, but wouldn't it be easier and faster, much faster to take some of those steps and, and all of us do that as a collective to, to create that change and, and be in that new, you know, operating system and that that new world now rather than, you know, dragging it on for years on end. Oh, so, you, yeah, if there's 100%. So if there's parents that are feeling 
they feel something's up and they're questioning things and they know it. Their inner knowing just went, this does not look right, doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right, but they they follow that. They follow that curiosity and they live their lives making decisions and choices based on their intuition and their knowing versus what's being told to us believe. Yeah, if we could have more of that, it's going to be good real soon. Yes, and 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 those kids deserve that. They deserve freedom and they deserve to be taught in a way that makes sense for them and for them to enjoy learning and not being forced to be, you know, individuals who they're not. You know, all kids, especially the the new ones that are coming through, they are they are unique. They 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 can't be in, you know, conformity. I, I have a nephew who you know, he's, he's, he's like 70 years old. There's no way he's like three, but there's no way he's going to, you know, be okay being told what to do and when and, and have to sit there for hours on end. That's just not going to happen, you know, and, and, and yeah, the, that's- best, the best part is my cousin and, and even his, his parents, the grandparents, they even understand that, you know, they understand that, they're going to experience some challenges should they, you know, go down that road um, with the with the education system the way that it is. Like he would thrive so much more learning from even just them, and he and he is already. But there are plenty of there are lots of different kids who need that almost like that tailored experience, just like we do. You know, when when you're having coaching or when you're when you're working, how people communicate with you it needs to be tailored. It can't just be one blanket. This is how it works. And you can see in the videos where you are interviewing kids, all of them are saying something completely different. There's there's no real theme other than they want to learn what they want to learn. There are absolutely, I believe that there are ways that you can teach kids about the things that they don't want to learn using what they're interested in. So say they're interested in the, like in being an artist, for example, we'll just, you know, use that. You know, that's like, that's like, like little Marianne wanted to do that, right? She wanted to be an artist. But so what I could have learned about, you know, running a business as an artist, you know, and, and, and apply it to that. So it made sense for me, not me sitting there trying to calculate square roots and, and pies and, you know, things. I'm like, what, how, how does this apply? This is no relevance to me. And, and truthfully, it still doesn't, you know, but I just, your poor dad, like how much easier it would be to tailor those experiences for those kids. I just feel like that would change our world, even that, because they their experience would mean a complete sense of freedom and it would ignite a whole heap of innovation, wouldn't it? Of course. Well, the, the, well, the system's set up that it teaches out of context. Yeah. So the kids don't know why they're learning what they're learning. They're just learning. Yeah. Like... Uh, yeah, I know differential calculus. You know how many times I've used that? Never. Like it just, in what way, shape or form does that even, you know? So if we learn to cook, when we learn to cook, you're learning about maths and cooking. Yes. You're learning about fractions. You're learning about measurements. You're learning about how to play with that, what works, what doesn't. So it's through an experience, isn't it? You're, yeah. You're cooking, but you're also learning about touching, feeling, maths. There's a lot of things you can learn through that. So it is learning through experience and they're everyday experiences. Paint, just paint. Why do you have to paint for an hour? And it's the the disrupted learning of 45 minutes, bell goes, 
you know, John Talagato talks about this in the seven lessons. You're teaching that whatever I do isn't important because if I can drop it after 45 minutes and then the teacher's like, next, what was I creating? What was I writing? What, whatever I was doing is important because it's I can just stop it and go to the next thing. And like that, I'm meant to pick up the next subject, which is not related to the subject prior and turn myself into essentially a robot that shuts on, shuts off which, you know, disconnects our intuition. I guess it's not noticeable at the start unless you stop and really question and ponder the system and what it is doing and the layers that it does. It it breaks us down and it's not set up by complete idiots. They understand emotions. They understand psychology. They understand connection because they have to understand connection to disconnect it. Like it's all done very well with a very real in purpose. So you've got to do even better breaking that down and seeing it's not for the kids because these kids are beautiful light beings who want to play and be curious and are inventors and artists and scientists and their their potential and their capacities are beyond anything that we've ever known. Yes. Because we've never been given this opportunity. So true. Same for all of us adults. Our capabilities, uh, we're not even sitting on, you know, 3% are we because they're so squashed. And I do not want that for any more kids. Like I'm just enough, enough of suppressing these children's geniuses and their creativity and their curiosity and their beautifulness, like enough. Let's just let them be them. They came into this world as healthy whole humans. My job is to keep it that way. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you're a personal friend of mine and I've loved watching your journey unfold. I hang on every word that you say because it's it's disruptive for me too. You know, like I know at the beginning I was like, what do you mean? Like what? And you know, I, I started to do that deep dive. I don't even have children and I'm I'm so passionate about this as well. And I just I can't wait to see the communities that you are creating come to life and and I hope for any parents that are listening that you you start to take some of that brave action and you start to 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 make those inroads to build a better world for our kids and uh for the work that you're doing Benita I'm, I'm so grateful thank you and thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me on the show today uh, and you know Marianne thank you because a lot of this would not exist without you and your support and your guidance and your belief. Um, A lot of times more belief in me than I had in myself at the start (laughs) there. So thank you for all the work you're doing. We need more people like you helping us. So thank you. All of all of us who are change makers are certainly leading the way, and and it is. It does take a lot of courage, and you you know you're being bold out there, but it's worth it. And uh, I'm so proud of you. And again, I just yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, thank you. I loved it. Thank you. Mm-hmm.